Hello everyone and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented to you by the 19th hole. It is a busy week coming up for the Wheeling Nailers as they will play four games in five days this week. First off, they have a road game against the Indy Fuel Wednesday, a 7.05 faceoff at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. And then a three-game homestand Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, 7.10 against the Fort Wayne Comets. Saturday, also 7.10 against the Fort Wayne Comets. That's actually the season opening series for Fort Wayne. And then Sunday, we wrap it up with Indy here at home at 4.10. You can catch all of those broadcasts on our sister station, Mix 97.3. Time to introduce my two guests guests for today's show. A couple of forwards who are experienced at the pro level and have certainly brought a lot to this team both in that aspect and on the offensive side of things and they've both racked up quite a few points in their first few games. I have Austin Fighting and Joshua Winquist with me today. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. I know that you're both getting ready for a busy, busy week of games coming up here, huh? Yes, it's going to be very busy. Thank you for having us. Winnie, good to have you as well. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad it finally started working. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, you guys go from two weeks off to kind of easing your way in, a couple of games, a couple of games, and now we go into the gauntlet. Four games in five days, 11 games in 19, game, in 19 days, and this is going to be an important stretch, too, to try and get yourselves lifted back up into the standings. So, Winnie, I'll start out with you. How excited are you to have all these games now and try and get into a rhythm, but also the importance of these games as well? But, yeah, no, I think... Um we have a good group of guys going, and, you know, I think we're we're all excited to get going and do more games and practice because, you know, it's more fun. And, you know, hopefully we can get some points. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be good to get rolling here. Uh, I think once you kind of get into the grind, you get into a rhythm, and obviously it's, it's going to be hard on the body, but at the same time, um, you know, it's quick turnaround, so, you, you know, whether you're playing good or bad, uh, you always got to get right back in the saddle and get back at it. So um, I think uh, I'm confident in our team and what we're going to accomplish here over the next uh, few weeks uh, with all these games. Let's talk about how you both got here because you both joined the team midway through the season, which is a little bit unorthodox. And Winnie, you were playing over in Europe to start the year. Austin, this was literally diving in to start this season for you. So how did the dialogue take place and what ultimately led to this being the best opportunity for you guys to play this season? Well, um, yeah, for me, I literally just had 11 months off, so... Uh, to come here and get going again, it's been really good. Um, you know, I was excited to get going because that's a long time to go with hockey. It's the longest I've ever been without playing a hockey game so my whole entire life. So um, things were different, but uh, very excited to get down here and start. Um, played in, in Europe last year as well, and uh, it just didn't work out to go back this year with everything going on. So found an opportunity here and I like our group I like our coach and I uh, look forward to what we're going to accomplish and you had had the experience of playing here as a visitor with South Carolina but Mark had also told me that he had experience as he had coached your brother before did that help as well being familiar with both the city and also with Mark yeah so he coached uh, the 
that was where he coached my brother. So I was able to, uh, you know, meet him um, off the ice away from away from the rink uh, a bunch of years ago. And, um, you know, I called my brother and talked to him about uh, him as a coach when he had him and stuff. And, you know, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about him. And so I was excited when, uh, you know, my agent told me that uh, they were interested and, and, you know, we had lots of conversations uh, Frenchie and I before I came here comfortability and uh, confidence between both of us uh, so that was that was great uh, as far as coming here and um, had some experience here yeah when we played I played in South Carolina and played these uh, played wheeling in in playoffs that was in uh, 2016 I believe it was when we lost in the conference finals so um it was. Uh, it's nice to be on the other side, I guess. Now, <laughs> Josh, what about for you? Because you actually started the year in Europe and then ultimately made your way back here. So, what was that experience like to first go out there and then all of a sudden change your mind and okay, let's see what we can do here in North America again? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a little different over there. And um, you know, I decided it was time to come back for this year. And you know, like fight said my agent told me about wheeling and then i spoke to frenchie and you know it just seemed like a good fit and we have a good group of guys the guys like the people are fantastic and you know i think we have the kind of group that can make a run for it that's outstanding you'd played here as had you played here in as opposing player before just for toledo last year Okay, gotcha. So you had a little bit of uh, familiarity to uh, wheeling in the way that the Nailers operate. But what's it like to join a team midway through a year? And, I mean, you guys had done it before, so probably maybe a little bit easier than a rookie, but to try and acclimate yourselves. And did you guys know any of your teammates before, or was this all just trying to get acclimated with a new group right away? Um. Yeah, the only guy I actually kind of knew was fights from a little bit when I was finishing junior. I played with them, and we kind of got lucky together. Every our team got hit with COVID, which sucked, but we got to meet everyone during those three weeks. That we were off to meet the guys, get to know the group we had. So that was you look at the good from the bad. Definitely, and I think, too, I've heard a few people say it where that time off, like, despite the unfortunate reason of why it happened, Austin, I feel like it gave you new guys a chance to really build that chemistry, get some practices in with each other, and really start to learn each other. Do you think that that helped for when you first got here as well? Yeah, it was, uh, it kind of worked out really well for me, actually, um, like when he said, I, he, when he's the only guy that I knew a little bit from, uh, um, before so it, it was a lot of new faces to meet in a short amount of time and then we would have been jumping into a three and three right away and uh with everything back in canada and stuff i i wasn't on a team so i had very little skates under my under my belt at that point so having the games canceled right away wasn't uh the worst thing that happened um for me as far as being prepared to play um, gave me an opportunity to, to get comfortable with the guys, get some more ice times in, and uh, get re- get prepared for the first games. 
Coming off of a tough weekend last week against Tulsa, but both of you guys have been around, and I'm sure that you can analyze things pretty well, and you know what looks right and what doesn't look right. What's encouraged you so far about this group that makes you excited about what this team could achieve as you guys continue to move forward here? Um, I mean, we, we had a, a long couple long conversations as a, as a group. Um, I don't think we're far off uh, where we want to be. We, um, we've kind of put down some team goals together and things we need to get better at. But as far as the excitement and what we, what, what we can bring, um, I think we have a, a good young group and a good core group of veterans uh, that are going to be a good mix. And we're going to put together some high-octane offense and try to play some fast, skilled hockey. And uh, I think that's how we're going to beat teams. Winnie, what about you? No, I think what, uh, what he said is right, and he's pretty accurate with it all. Because with the group we have, we have a we have a lot of talent in this room, and you know, it's just we just need to put it together and play a full sixty. And you know, I think once we do that, we're going to start rolling. It's interesting with you guys too, because both of you have had a good chunk of time in the American Hockey League, and one of the things that I've heard from so many people in this league is just how much better the ECHL is this year compared to where it's been in previous years. And sometimes you'll hear people joke around and go, "Oh, we're pretty much we we have like an AHL team." Is that the caliber? Like, would you go as far as saying that it's almost AHL level talent here in this league this season, or is it kind of in the middle of what the ECHL normally is, but maybe not quite what the AHL is? It's uh-huh. it's hard to compare. Go ahead, Winnie. Go ahead. After you. It is hard to compare, but uh, as far as from when I last played in the league till now, uh, uh, the gap has definitely closed. Um, it's a better league than when when I played the last my last games in this at this level. Um, if I'd go as far as saying it's as good as the American League, but the the caliber of players that are available right now, um, you know, for myself, I know there's other guys that are sitting at home still looking for jobs. Uh, it's kind of crazy what uh, all this nonsense has done um, to the hockey world, but uh, yeah, it, it's definitely improved. So it's good to see. Now you got it, Winnie. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, especially being in Europe, it's just the hockey here is, it, I think it's a little faster than last year because obviously less team, less jobs, more skilled hockey. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's a little different with like no fans in the building. It's just, it's a weird year. It's hard to compare and, and like looking back at this 20 years, remember this year. You mentioned the no fans, or, or the not no fans, but the limited amount of fans that you have. How difficult is that to create the energy? Like, I heard a lot of players talk about that when they were in the bubble. What do you guys notice? Like, you've got to notice, obviously, that it's a lot quieter than, say, it would be with 5,000 people screaming and yelling. So what do you do to be able to create that own energy for yourselves? Um, yeah, well, where I was playing in Slovakia, we had literally nobody in the building, so it's a little loud to me right now, but um, when it's empty like that, um, you just uh, motivate each other on the bench, be loud with each other, um, and just try and get motivated that way, just because, like you said, it's not, even as a road team, you like playing in the sold-out barns, it's fun. 
Like you love being the villain as the road team. Man. Um, yeah, I, I, that's got to come from the, the group on the bench. Like we, we have talked about that, um, staying upbeat and, and being loud when, when guys are making plays and picking each other up. But, um, yeah, it's definitely noticeable without as many fans in the ring, um, you know, to, to keep that energy level high. Uh, I think we just have to be aware of it as, as a team. And when, when things aren't going our way to try and build that momentum and, and, uh, just kind of beating each other's ears and, and keep the energy levels up. You guys are going to face a real unique circumstance coming up this weekend where you're playing Fort Wayne on Friday and Saturday, and this is going to be game 16 for you on Friday night, but this is going to be game number one for Fort Wayne. And we saw after Wheeling had its break, it took you guys about a period to get involved and and really start getting things flowing again. But I've also seen teams in the NHL where Vegas was off for a couple of weeks and they go slap three in in the first period. I see that Dallas missed the first couple of weeks of the season. They blow out Nashville 7-0 in their first game. What's it going to be like to face a team who is literally diving into this brand new this week? Um... I think it's just going to be kind of weird because, like you said, you don't know what you're going to expect. They're either they could come out flying or they could come out with their feet in the mud. You really don't know what to expect. It's just we got to be ready to play our game and you know see what we get, see what the Fort Wayne Comets are this year. <laughs> Who you played a lot last year with Toledo, so I'm sure they'll remember you quite well. Oh yeah, twelve times last year. <laughs> there you go, Austin. What do you think about this coming weekend? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like for those guys. Kind of like when he when he said, "Let's see what the Fort Wayne Comets look like this year." Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting for sure to see how they come out. I think we just got to worry about our game and uh, make sure we're ready to go. There you go. Nailers will play host to the Fort Wayne Comets on Friday and Saturday at seven ten. Limited amount of tickets are available for both of those games by calling 304-234-GOAL or logging on to wheelingnailers.com. And then Indy comes to town on Sunday for a 410 faceoff. Again, limited tickets are available. We're chatting with Austin Fighton and Joshua Winquist on our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. We'll go back into some of these guys' careers a little bit more. Also, learn about themselves away from the rink as they have some people and animals that they have brought down to Wheeling to spend some time with them during this 2021 hockey season. This is the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole, and it's on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th hole as the Nailers get into a busy stretch of games as they will play four times this week in five days. It all leads into a total of 11 between now and the end of February. A couple of guys who have been big contributors as of late and are relatively new to the team are my guests this evening, Austin Fighton and Joshua Winquist. And guys, we talked a lot about the on-ice team during that first segment but want to go to the off ice part of the game and the lifestyle and first off for Austin for you you brought your whole family down here and you did not have a short drive to make that happen did you no uh Winnie I think has a couple hours on me being from Edmonton but uh either way it uh it was not easy um my I got a son that's uh just about two years old and my wife so 
Uh, they made a big sacrifice coming down there here with me and, and to be able to spend time with me this year. So I'm thankful for that. Did you have them with you last season, or is this the first experience of getting a chance to experience the pro lifestyle with you? No, they came with me last year as well. We spent uh, the first couple months apart, and then um, I went over to Germany uh, a little bit early, and then they came over a month and a half later and, and joined me over there. So that was that was good as well. It's about a 36-hour drive, right, uh, from Alberta to West Virginia? Yeah, that was uh, pretty much what it took. <laughs> so how do you keep a youngster, A, occupied, and B, not being grouchy on that long of a trip? You know what? I, I give him props because he was uh, he never complained very much, um, which I was surprised at. But uh, unfortunately, just a lot of screen time and watching movies. Um, but we had books and coloring and toys and other things. We kept the back seat open so we could be back there with them and keep them entertained. And then um, we tried to find hotels with uh, pools at the end of the day to, to tire them out before bed. So um, it was it was definitely long, but uh, we made it through, and he was an absolute trooper. That's awesome. I'm sure you and your wife were switching off who was doing the driving and who was getting a chance to uh, have the family time. Yeah, we, we took we took turns. Um, I did the majority of the driving, but it was nice to uh, break it up. How long have you and your wife been together? Have you been together throughout your pro career, or is this something that's been more uh, recent for you? Uh, we got married in uh, 2017, so she's been around. Uh, we met uh, six years ago, so she's she's been around it, and she's adapted to it very well. And... Uh, I got to tip my hat to her. She does a great job of taking care of us. So, How much fun is that for you to have that uh, be part of your life, to have her involved, to be able to have that support system right there with you and to also have somebody to experience the moments with? Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, you know, he's he's come to a few of the warm-ups already and he's getting to that age where he's getting more into it and um, his excitement level before the games and stuff. He he was mad the other night when he didn't get to come with me. So, um, you know, and then uh, I also have to thank you. We got him a jersey, and uh, he loved absolutely loved that. So it was pretty cool to see that on him for the first time. And, um, you know, just him banging on the glass and warm-ups and the, the size of his smile and talking about it the next day with him, is, it's uh, something special. Is that his first hockey jersey? That is, yeah. Officially his first one. There you go. That's awesome. That's super cool. Have you gotten him on skates yet? Yeah, we uh, we had him on the pond over over Christmas, and I, I got his skates here with me in case uh, I get a day to take him out. But, um, you know, with the COVID stuff, it, it's making it a little bit difficult. But I'm going to try and work with the team here to try and get him out on the ice. That's awesome. That's super cool. It's great that you've been able to bring the family down here and have them be able to share in the moments and be able to, to have that pro hockey life to be able to uh, enjoy with you. So that's super cool. Good for you. Winnie, you've got, uh, you don't have a, a child per se, but you've got somebody that you're taking care of over at the apartments, right? Yeah, I have a furry child. There you go. You got a furry child. <laughs> yeah. How? What's the? Give me all the details. I want the name. I want the breed. I want the age. Give it to me all. Uh, 
So I got her in 2017. They told me she was four when I got her, but I don't think so. I think she's a year or two older than that. Um, but yeah, she's an old girl now, and you know she's uh, she's a complete mutt. I've been too lazy to get her tested, but she's a mutt. You look at her and you can tell. But no, she's a big teddy bear, and you know when I come home from the rink, like Fight said, he has a family, and lots of us guys are on our own, so it's nice to have a little dog tapping her feet when you come home. That's awesome. How long? And you say so how long have you had her? I got her the, uh, think 2017. Okay. Yeah. And have you taken her, did you take her all the way across the pond this year to Europe, or did you have to stay uh, back? No, the team didn't want me to with the COVID situation. Yeah, I've been lucky. People who want to watch her here, um, I've been lucky too, and, you know, it just works out. What's the most challenging part? Like, I've got to imagine that when there's a multiple game or multiple day road trip, you know, somebody's got to step up and be able to take care of feeding her and taking her outside and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so right now um, I've been lucky and um, Thousie's girlfriend's been looking after her for me. And cause when he goes on the road, she's obviously alone in the apartment and stuff. So having a big, big dog dog at night's night. I really appreciate it, and it's very kind of. That's awesome. Hey, it's that's what teammates are for—to be able to to help out and everything. Now, have you take? I, I saw Derek Army's dog has gone onto the ice. Uh, have you started to introduce hockey, or are we just sticking with the tennis balls on the dry land? Yeah, no, I I bring her to the rink on like, but you know, it's not going to be twenty five people at the rink because you know who doesn't like having a dog run around who's so happy to be there. Absolutely, no question. I think it just it it's got to uplift the mood, right? Oh yeah, when we're like when we're doing something as a team in the lounge, I'll I'll bring her and she's just running around person to person. So you guys have a family, a dog that keeps you guys occupied during your time away from the rink. Um, Austin, I've got to believe a lot of what you're doing away from the rink is probably family-oriented. So what are some of the favorite activities, whether it's something that uh, you do while your son is awake or whether it's you know a television program that you and your wife enjoy once it's bedtime? <laughs> uh, well... He he loves to be outdoors, so you know we try to spend a couple hours outside every day. We we've been exploring and and just going to the river. Um, he loves throwing rocks in the river, things like that. Um, indoors, we got the mini sticks here. I bought him uh, a little uh, bike. I guess it's like a, a motorized uh, little bike that he rides around the apartment. So. We'll, we'll go say hi to some of the other guys and go down to the lounge um, and he'll ride it down there and he thinks he's the man when he goes in there. So <laughs> that's always fun. And um, for the wife and I, when bedtime, it's just uh, time to relax and catch up on some TV shows and, and we we like to play cards and, and a few board games and things. So that's always good too. What are your television viewing habits? Are there any shows that you guys like to watch? Uh, what did What do you go for? Right now, uh, we're we're on Yellowstone. Um, that's kind of what we've been into. Um, but my wife also is a big Bachelor fan, so I had a couple of the guys over last night, and uh, we we watched that. And she she likes to play host to a few of the boys, so that was fun. That's awesome. You said board games too. That's uh, everybody likes to play the games on the cell phone, but you're actually going and, and doing the board game thing. What uh, what games are on the shelf? 
Uh, we got, well, we play cards, so we play crib, and then uh, Yahtzee and backgammon are kind of our go-tos right now. Yahtzee's a good one. I'm a big Yahtzee fan. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Winnie, what are you doing with your uh, time away from the rink? What uh, what do you dive into? You get into the cards, the games, television, video games. Where do you go? Uh, I've been mostly gaming with some of the guys here. And then um, if I'm watching TV, I'm out of shows. So I started watching Lucifer. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's kind of a weird concept. No, go ahead. Tell me about it. It's about the devil. He's just on earth hanging out and solving crimes. <laughs> kind of weird. That uh, that goes off a different path. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. No. But we have a good group of guys, and we all live in the same building, right? So you just kind of wander around if you're bored, and you end up hanging out with someone for a few hours, and just kind of how it goes. You said the gaming. You're into that too. Uh yeah. Well, I don't want to give him too much credit, but Cuz is good at NHL. <laughs> NHL. That's the go-to game. Well, it's a it's a good one when you have uh, multiple people. Because you can get a bunch of guys going. Gotcha. Do you guys have certain paths you go? Do you typically, do you each go with a a specific team in the NHL? Do you do the random pick? Do you have any? Random every time. Random every time. time. Is it just NHL or can you go any other league? Uh, Just NHL. Just NHL. So you won't play. You've played for a bunch of different teams. You don't have any allegiances where I want to go play for this team that I used to play for back in you know a couple of years ago. Not at all. No. If that, I've been on every team and everywhere. So no. <laughs> do you ever play as yourself? No. Why don't guys do that? That drives me nuts. Like, when the ECHL first got put in the game, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Everybody's going to want to play as the Nailers. Guys are going to want to play as themselves. But guys literally want no part of playing as themselves on a video game. Why on earth is that? We're not good enough. We're, like, (laughs) five overall. and You want to play with, like, the 90 guy. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. That's a good enough explanation. Austin, do you dive into the video games at all? Is that going to be something that gets slowly introduced into the household, or where do you stand on that atmosphere? Uh, well, I used to be a gamer, but it kind of got botched since uh, the the sun came into our lives. So, um, no, my video game time got cut down, and uh, I hadn't touched my Xbox in about eight months. So right before I came here, I actually sold it. <laughs> Really? But, uh, as yeah, if he gets older and I get some more time, I I might get another gaming system. But yeah, it it uh, was kind of dwindling, and so I just decided to get rid of it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. What uh, now with the the different lifestyles? Like, are there different things that you do that you maybe didn't uh, or haven't done as much of now that you used to do a few years ago? Uh yeah, a little bit. I mean. It's, you know, your, your time is centered around your, your kids and, um, you know, my wife sacrifices a lot when, you know, we go on road trips and stuff. Uh, she's taken on a full load. So, um, you know, I tried to give her some breaks and stuff when I, whenever I can. And it's nice that, uh, we have lots of afternoons where we're not doing much. So, you know, I try to try to take on as much as I can while I'm here so that she has some time to herself as well. Let's talk about the road because you guys have had a chance to go to some really neat places both here in North America and in Europe. What have been some of your favorite places that you've had a chance to go to? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll have you 
you guys put it in both categories, the North America and the Europe, because I've got to believe that uh, the difference in the cultures are all over the map and really giving you guys a chance to experience some really cool things. Yeah, we... Uh... I've, I've been fortunate in a lot of the places that I've played. Um, I've played all over the U.S., uh, East Coast, West Coast, everywhere. Um, seen some very cool cities. Uh, but I think one of my favorite places, uh, I've played in Texas for a couple of years in Austin. And that city was a lot of fun. Um, it's a different culture there. It's not your typical Texas uh, city, but I really enjoyed it. It was young. It was kind of hip at the time, and you know there was a lot going on. You could go out any night of the week and find something different to do. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed South Carolina, um, being down south and close to the ocean and the beach and stuff. That was a lot of fun. But as for Europe, I think my favorite city there was probably Prague. It was if. If you have a chance to go to Prague, I, I highly recommend it because it was unbelievable. What makes it so great? Is it the buildings? Is it the food? Is it the people? What makes Prague jump out so much? I think uh, all of the above, like the the history, the, the buildings, what you can see, um, and then you can sit down at so many different restaurants and just have like the best meals. We went, uh, I think we visited three times, and, like, the food was just phenomenal. And every time you go, you just, you're in awe of the views and the different, the cool, like, they have the castle there and stuff, and it was just really awesome. Do you have any particular foods that stuck out for you as a favorite? Not really. I was trying, and, uh, oh, and the other thing about going there is the beer. It's literally cheaper than water. <laughs> you go you go to the menu and the the waters are more than the beer so that was awesome too but uh as far as the food um what i think they were like these like dumplings that they had that were just unbelievable that's what i can remember that's awesome you, you've gotten to play in some good food cities you're a lucky guy charleston's phenomenal i've been there i haven't been to austin but i can imagine that texas has some phenomenal food to throw down joshua what about you um, honestly, I've hit, like, all four corners of the U.S. I've been in the middle, and, you know, almost each has something unique. Like, when I was in Florida, like, we got lucky and got to go to the Daytona 500. This guy on our team had a connection there. New York's New York. Um, and I, I was unlucky, though, because when I was in Europe, I really only got to see the city I was in because of COVID. The whole country was in lockdown, and you couldn't do anything. Like, we could, like, me and my girlfriend drove around. Well, we couldn't do any of the touristy stuff that we wanted to. Where would you have wanted to go if you had gotten a chance to really, everything was open, where would you have wanted to go? Well, like uh, Budapest was only an hour and a half away. Vienna was two and a half hours away. Um, I would have liked to see Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia. Um, but, you know, maybe in the future if I'm in Europe again and the world's normal and we can do that on our weekends. There you go. Something to shoot for down the road. That's awesome. You guys have had a chance to go to some really neat places, and it's fun to be able to learn about uh, some of that stuff that happens away from the rink. Coming up this weekend, the Nailers will have plenty of time in the rink as they'll start on Wednesday at Indy before coming home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Fort Wayne's in on Friday and Saturday, Indian on Sunday. Get your tickets at 304-234-GOAL or wheelingnailers.com. We've got one more segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour left to go with Austin Fighton and Joshua Winquist. The Power Hour is presented by the 19th Hole, and you're tuned in to the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Final segment of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour as we look into a fun week of hockey as the Nailers will play two nearby rivals, the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets, both twice each. Indy, the load road game on Wednesday, then Fort Wayne in on Friday and Saturday before Indy comes in on Sunday. Get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com or by calling 304-234-GOAL. I have Austin Fighton and Joshua Winquist with me, a couple of of Western Hockey League guys and being from Western Canada for both of you, I'm guessing that that was probably a natural progression as you start to grow into your hockey career that Major Junior was probably going to be the next step, right? Um, Yeah, for me, it was kind of um, when I just got into like the band, like when you start playing Bantam, you hear about the Bantam draft and, you know, we actually, the year, so my yeah, my second year at Bantam was the first year the Oil Kings, I think, moved to Edmonton. So we finally, and I just remember going to Red Deer games when I was a little kid, and I thought it was so cool. And just being little, like, you want to play in the Western League growing up from over there. And it's like, it's, it's a big deal when you're younger. Most of the guys I knew playing hockey, like, we, I think only two or three kids planned on going to college when we were younger when you look at major junior and i had worked in lewiston when they were in the quebec league and unfortunately that one didn't last so long i don't really think that people kind of grasped junior hockey and what it was and you played in everett so i'll get your take on what it was like playing in washington too but for canadians like you mentioned how you guys were really attached to the players that played at that level, you, that was a target for you to get to. Is there maybe a comparison that you can draw between junior hockey and its relationship in Canada to maybe a college football in the United States? Oh, yeah, I could see that because basically, like, if you're from a small-town hockey city in Saskatchewan, I'm sure you want to play for the Regina Pats growing up or the Swift Current Broncos, just whatever small-town team is closest to you, like, you idolize that. Like, I'm sure the small-town kid from Alabama grows up and wants to be on their football team more than anything in the world. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So tell me what uh, Everett was like, uh, because it's the United States, so you're coming down here, and, you know, what was... Did they have a pretty good grasp of the community, the fan base there? Um. Yeah, actually, when I was in the league, Everett had argued best fans. Like, we would we had great fans all, all five that I was there, but... Um, it was kind of an adjustment going to school because the uh, curriculums didn't really match up. Like the Alberta and Washington high school curriculums didn't match pretty well at all, really. So it was a lot of like learning on the fly and learning online, which in 2010 wasn't nearly what it was, what it is now. Um, but no, I enjoyed playing there. Um, I mean, it would have been pretty cool to experience here in Canada, any team Alberta, but. What do you think it's going to be like when they get the Kraken next year? Honestly, I'm a little worried the junior teams might lose some of their fans. But, like, the the people there love hockey. Like, ever in Seattle, when we'd play each other, like, I played wards 100 times in junior, and we'd be sold out either rink, and it was awesome. Both rinks were great to play in. 
But no, I'm curious how that's going to affect with uh, the Kraken coming. So it could affect juniors in maybe not so great of a light, but you think that as far as Seattle goes, like they'll hit the ground running and the Kraken will be the hottest ticket in town? Yeah, I think it's going to turn into one of the best cities to live in in the NHL. Really? Like, I loved it there. Weather's like, it rains a lot, but it's good weather. It's right on the water. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I think it's going to attract some free agents when it comes around. Do you think it can knock the Mariners or the Seahawks off as the top sports attraction in Seattle? I don't think anyone can touch the Seahawks. They've got that. I, like, I, was there, I, I was there when they were like winning and going to the finals and stuff, and the city was crazy. There was 12-man flags in every single building. They, they love the Seahawks. That's awesome. Who knows? Maybe if they do what the Golden Knights did, though, they'll steal some thunder. <laughs> hey, you never know how they're going to be able to no. start. Austin, what was the junior hockey process like for you? Uh, it was kind of like when you said, you know, as a, a young kid playing hockey in Western Canada, the the major junior route is kind of um, a bit of a dream when you're when you're that young. Um, I was drafted in the Bantam draft, and uh, it was kind of a no no brainer for me to to go that route. So um, I was drafted by Lethbridge and played uh, almost all my uh, my full career there. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. It, um, it treated me well, and um, I had had a great time in Lethbridge, and we we won a, a conference championship there uh, my first year. And so yeah, it was really enjoyable. That's in your home province too. You're both Alberta guys. So how far were you from home? I, what, I'm not familiar with your hometown. So what part of the province are you closer to Calgary, Edmonton, Red Deer? Where are you at? So Lethbridge is uh, southern Alberta. We're um, I think it's about an hour and a half from the U.S. border. Uh, so we're it, I grew up north of Calgary. Um, so it was about three and a half hours from home for me. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of where ge- geographically where we were at. Okay. So your family had a chance to see you pretty well, a fair amount, whether it was making the trip to Lethbridge or whether it was when you were playing around Calgary? Yeah. They um, they honestly probably watched me more in Calgary and Red Deer because that was like an hour drive for them. So pretty much every time we came there, they'd be in the building. Uh, but they also made some trips down to Lethbridge to see me as well. Um, so it was good that way. You know, got to see a lot of a lot of games because we stay within the province to play, you know, Edmonton, Red Deer, Calgary a lot. So it was good. Calgary and Edmonton, for those that don't know it, play in the NHL buildings. So the Hitmen play where the Flames play. The Oil Kings play where the Oilers play. What's that like for 16-year-olds when you first did it and then watching when you were 19, 20, seeing those younger guys go into an NHL building for the first time, whether it be just walking down the same hallways. I don't know where you guys were locker room-wise, but then also looking up and going, oh, my gosh, this place is humongous. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, You know, as a young kid, uh, I I still remember my first game in the Saddle Dome. I actually scored my first uh, WHL goal there, and uh, it was like one of the coolest feelings I've I still have. Like 
one of the best memories of uh, my hockey career. But uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool to be able to be playing in the buildings like that. Um, my my younger brother that played uh, actually played in Calgary for the Hitmen and for the Oil Kings. Uh, most recently, he played for the Oil Kings and play, got to play in Rexall. And he said that was or uh, sorry Rogers, the new arena there. And he said that was unbelievable. So you know they got they got the full deal with the new dressing room and stuff too. So. He said it was pretty wicked. That's incredible. Were you a Flames fan growing up? So was that like the ultimate of the fact that you get to score in that building? Yeah, I you know grew up watching the Flames. I, I've always been a Flames fan, and so uh, you know to score my first goal, I had I don't know how many family members there and stuff. Like it was one of my first games. Um, of my dub career and it was just yeah it was a, a memorable moment for sure had you gone there a lot as a kid watching the NHL games I'm assuming that that was not your first time actually going to the Saddle Dome so you, you actually knew what you were going into not just looking up at banners and being like wow look at this place there's history here yeah I, I had been a couple times as a kid to a few games my dad took us to, uh, to a few games and stuff not a, not a ton, um, because obviously we were busy playing as well, but uh, managed to get to probably a handful of Flames games over uh, over the years. Gotcha. Did you have some favorite players growing up? Uh, for the Flames, my favorite player was Aginla, for sure. It was he was uh, he's an all time guy there and unbelievable leader. You know, to watch him in the community and stuff, and and see what he did, and you know, you see guys how hard they have to work and what they have to put in and still be loved by a city as much as that guy was. Like, people just loved him, and he was an awesome person. So uh, definitely one of my favorites. Josh, what part of the province are you from? Are you in Calgary Range, Edmonton Range? Where are you at? Uh, I'm from St. Albert, which is just outside uh, Edmonton. But it's kind of funny because you said again was his uh, favorite player growing up, and uh, my mom and his mom grew up together and are still friends. What? Yeah, they grew. Yeah, they grew up down the road from each other. Holy smokes! So did yeah. you, did you then grow up an Oilers fan? Uh, yeah, I grew up an Oilers fan, but uh, they weren't the greatest team my whole life. So I liked the Avalanche too because they were the best team in the league, and I was a ten year old. So no, um, um, I honestly, and I did like the Flames because of Aginla. Because how can you not? He was the best power forward in the NHL for a while, and you know, um. Growing up, like being from Alberta, you just you kind you always are gonna like your hometown team a little bit. Now, in order to be able to play close to home, you would have to make quite the trip with the Everett Silver Tips to go all the way from Washington up into Alberta. So, uh, while I'm sure that was a long trip, I'm sure that was a trip that you enjoyed as well, right? Yeah, I actually, I got lucky because uh, you switch which province you go to each year between Alberta and Saskatchewan, and, and I got three trips to Alberta my 16, 18, and 20-year-old year. But no, it's uh, it's kind of funny because you were talking about the NHL ranks with Calgary and Edmonton, and when you're in the other conference, it's uh, going to Portland and Vancouver. Ah, okay. Vancouver plays in the old uh, Canucks rink where they actually filmed the Miracle movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, Portland plays where the Trailblazers play. Gotcha. Yeah, and that ranks just as cool as Rexall and Saddledome. 
Okay, so you've got Vancouver that covers that division. You've got Portland that covers that division. You've got the two NHL rinks in the Alberta division. What's the draw of playing the Saskatoon division? Honestly, Saskatoon's rink was built for an NHL team. Okay. Yeah, so honestly, I think Regina's might be as well. Yeah, both of those, no, when we would only, like, I'm sure Fights has played there a ton more than I have, but usually when we would go there, it'd be like a Friday night because we go there once every two years. And, you know, I I actually like going to Sasky. I like playing there. Was there a place you didn't like? Uh, I remember Fights, he was still around, was playing in Moose Jaw, the old crush can. <laughs> I've never hurt more than getting hit into those boards. The crush can? Yeah. Yeah, no. Look it up. You, you yeah. should have a look at it uh, and and see what it was built like. It was unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I got so many ways to say it. The, what's the name of the place? I think it was, like everyone just called it Crush Can. Just Google Crush Can Moose Jaw Arena. Yeah. Okay. I see it. I see the new place. Oh, now I see. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is yeah. like goofy. It looks like somebody just decided to drop something on the roof and just curve it in. Yeah. And they would have a six foot four decor who would just use that rank to full advantage. You wanna is that your least favorite as well, fights? Yeah, it was um I, I'll never forget the first time I, I played there, it was just a crazy experience because like you said, the roof dips down, so <laughs> it's like I've never seen so many pucks hit the roof before in a game. And you can't see if you're sitting at the top of the bleachers on one side. <laughs> you can only see half the ice. So, it, and then it's just a tiny little rink, and it was cold, and the boards were as stiff as a rock. So, when you got hit, like, it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal playing there. It, it was small town hockey. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, that's got to be wild, too, where you go from playing in NHL sized buildings to, like you said, small. Like, you're literally experiencing every aspect of that spectrum, right? Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. The crush can. I, that, that's a new one. I, I had not heard that one referenced before. So I'm glad that I was able to learn about that today. Um, some guys will go from major junior to the university route. Obviously, both of you guys went pro. Have either of you done anything for classes? I don't know. I don't think either of you want to look ahead too far past hockey year, but are there other aspects of real life? Well, not that this isn't real life, but life outside of hockey that have kind of uh, caught your eye a little bit? Um, go ahead, Winnie. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think I'm eventually going to try and play uh, in the English League and start my schooling. Um, just because it's a good opportunity. Um, I've talked to some buddies who do it. I don't know when I'm going to be ready to do that, but I think when I'm ready to shut her down, my last two, three years, I'll play over there and try and get my schooling done. Anything excite you for school? Honestly, I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, my mom has been head of a union for years, and honestly, getting a job like that seems interesting, going to battle for the little guy. And, you know, doing something like that seems kind of fun. But honestly, haven't thought about it too much. Austin, what about you? Uh, for me, I, this last year um, with COVID and being off and stuff was probably the most reflecting I've done um, as far as what I'm going to do after hockey. Um, I, uh, I've always been into, like, trades and stuff. I love, love working, um, like, kind of 
I love doing labor jobs and, and physical work and stuff like that. So I think I, if I were to go to school, say tomorrow, it, I'd probably go to trade school. But also, like Winnie said, I've explored the option of going to the English League because they can they can help you get your business degree and stuff like that. So um, that's also something that uh, I would probably look into here in a couple of years if uh, if things are headed that way. Very cool. That uh, seems like uh, there's a lot of organizations now that are, are looking out for the best for you guys and and really trying to help you succeed both on the ice and uh, in the business community too. So that's awesome. Uh, this has been a terrific show. I, I appreciate both of you guys taking some time out of your day. I know it's going to be a busy week ahead, so you got to make sure that all your groceries are bought and your laundry's washed. So good luck with all that, and uh, let's get some big wins this week, boys. What do you say? Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Austin Fighton and Joshua Winquist of our Wheeling Nailers. They'll be in action Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are all at home, so get your tickets now at wheelingnailers.com. This has been the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour, presented by the 19th Hole on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank.